Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. My name is Sykes and this is my podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out last week's episode. If you're one of the people who listened to that conversation, I hope you enjoyed it and thanks so much for coming back. But for those of you out there who are new to the show, welcome. Please feel free to make yourselves at home and as always... There's beer and soda in the fridge. So, how's it going, everybody? Happy Monday. Hope you all had a fun weekend. I had a pretty good weekend. Gray Walker played at the Millville Music Fest. We had a really fun set. Had a blast seeing a lot of bands, seeing a lot of friends, and meeting some new people. If you were there, I hope your experience was similar. Shout outs to everybody on the Millville Music Fest team for putting together a really great event. This is their third year and they really knocked it out of the park. I think that uh, I think they're doing a really good thing and yeah, just all the power in the world to them. I want to shout out an event happening this upcoming weekend, May 18th, the Lawrenceville Art Crawl. If you are somebody that was into the Millville Music Fest and want to attend a a similar event that's maybe more visual arts focused, but with live music as well, Lawrenceville Art Crawl this Saturday. It is happening. And your boy Sykes right here is hosting the Start the Beat stage at Full Pint Wildside Pub, which is down on the end of Lawrenceville, a little bit past Spirit and all that. We are going to have some live music and live podcasts and all sorts of cool things going on with that. Sykes and a New Violence is headlining the stage. I have Brittany Sant- Oh, wow. I cannot talk. Brittany Chantel is playing. We got Isaiah Small. We got Abstract Theory. We got BB Guns. We got My Favorite Color. Really cool lineup. Come on down and hang out with us. Again, that is this Saturday May 18th, Full Pint Wildside Pub for the Start the Beat stage at the Lawrenceville Art Crawl. And that's the only event that I'm going to promo this week. It's a big one. I hope to see some of you there. All right, so let's get into some listener questions. Trish Smith asked me about my thoughts on the season finale of Supernatural and there being one season left. I don't know. I haven't watched Supernatural in a very long time. I liked the show when I did watch it, but I probably haven't watched it in eight years, so I can't comment much on that, Trish, and I apologize. Maybe I will follow up on some of the seasons that I've missed and then give you an answer in a couple years on that. I have no idea. Uh, Sorg asks about a Mortal Kombat 11 review for those of you that are not in the know of video games, you probably know what Mortal Kombat is, and they just released the 11th game, and well, the official 11th game, there's been way more than 11 games, but Mortal Kombat 11 has just come out, and I recently played that on Twitch with the Cream team this past weekend, the weekend before this one. We did a stream for a charity, and we were playing Mortal Kombat 11, so I did get to play it, and my review of it, in all honesty, is it's just too much, man. Like, it's fun. The mechanics of the game are good. It plays well. It's really violent. It's funny. It's really over the top. But I don't know. It's just not for me. Modern gaming in general, it's just not for me. Things are, it's, it's too smooth, you know? Like, I feel like 
it would be like, uh, I don't know. I like my video games a little clunky. Maybe that's me romanticizing the old, you know, I'm the type of person that still likes to listen to music on vinyl. So that should probably tell you a lot about my gaming experience on modern consoles. I don't, I guess I don't like things that are, that are easy. I don't know what that is, but without getting down the rabbit hole of that, Mortal Kombat 11 is fun. The graphics are good. The gameplay's tight. The moves and everything are really over the top. The fatalities are ridiculous. So if you're a Mortal Kombat fan and you still haven't played the game, you're fucking up. You should definitely go check it out. But if you're not a video game fan or a Mortal Kombat fan, it really makes no difference to you that this game exists. And that's my review on Mortal Kombat 11. Moving on, John Knoll asks... Do you have any passions that don't deal with art, music, or expression? For example, architecture or physics. If so, what are they? Uh, I like food a lot. I know that might seem a little silly, but I like food from a behind-the-curtain standpoint, from a culinary perspective. I think the art of food is interesting, and that's something I've talked about before in the past. Uh, you mentioned architecture. I think architecture is really cool. I've been the falling water and nerded out a good bit over it. But like even in architecture and in cooking and other things, I tend to find the art in those things that may not be uh, on the surface necessarily artistic or viewed as art. Uh, so typically most things I have an interest in, it's because I can find art in it to some extent. So yeah. I mean, there's food, there's coffee, there's beer, obviously. People know I'm a big beer guy. There is, I like architecture. I uh, Physics, not so much. I never really thought about it. Uh, but yeah, there's definitely some interests and passions and things outside of visual arts and music and things like that. But again, most of it is still tied to creativity and uh, the powers of the uh of human capability if you apply yourself. Yeah, I'm going to leave my answer there. We got a couple more. I'm just going to get through all of these since they're kind of backlogged. Corey Bernazzoli? I really don't know how to pronounce your last name, Corey, but you interact with a lot of things I do, and I appreciate it. I'm going to assume your last name is pronounced Bernazzoli, but if it's not, let me know. Anyways, Corey asks, let's go back to TMNT3. Turtles in Time. Was it really that bad of a movie? Well, Turtles in Time 3, I don't think it's that bad of a movie. Uh, going back to Mortal Kombat, I also think Mortal Kombat Annihilation is totally fine for a movie. I think when it comes to these sort of... These, these comic book video game movies, sometimes people put... They invest too much into it, and they kind of forget, you know, like, these are movies that are being made by big companies to you know make some money off of toddlers that's what a lot of this shit is and to expect anything more out of that is really you're just setting yourself up for disappointment don't get me wrong there have definitely been some movies that have been great you know the first ninja turtles movie is genuinely a really good piece of cinema it tells a great story. The cinematography is great. The acting is great. All of the practical effects are phenomenal. They did a really good job with that movie. But I think it was almost like a fluke that they did. I don't think that they set out to make like, oh, this really great uh, you know, movie about 
the Ninja Turtles that adults and children alike could like and people would praise, you know, three decades later. I just think they wanted to make a movie and it happened to be really good. So with something like Ninja Turtles 3, I don't think their intention was any less or any different. They were just trying to make a movie for kids. And that's what so much of this stuff is. So to answer your question, was it that bad of a movie? I mean, from a technical perspective, it's not that bad. But from the perspective of being, you know, a seven-year-old kid going to the movies, watching your favorite fucking turtles dress up as samurai and go back in time, ride on horses, fight with swords. Pretty fucking badass, in my opinion. I loved that movie when I was a kid, and I still love it now. I grew up with it. But if you've never seen it, and you're like in your late 20s or your 30s watching this movie, and then you're going to judge it from the perspective of like your age range now, you're just kind of an idiot and an asshole. The movie's not made for you. It's made for kids. So if you didn't see it as a kid, I can't expect you to like it now as an adult. But... That's just my opinion on it. You know what I mean? It's fucking Ninja Turtles. Time traveling to be samurai. What do you want? Fucking Titanic? You know? Whatever. That's my opinion on that. It's fine. Let's move on. Couple more questions. Brenda Leeds. Did you review the bird box yet? It's kind of funny. I'm not typically a movie review person. But apparently a lot of people have been asking me about film and television. So maybe that's the market I should get into. Uh, Bird Box, I did not review it because I am not a movie reviewer. I did watch it. Uh, I thought it was worth watching once. Uh, I, I didn't think it was terrible. I didn't think it was great. But I enjoyed watching it. It was fine. It was like a like a meal at Olive Garden. You know, like a, it was fine. It was fine. That's my review of Bird Box. Cinematic Olive Garden. And last question. Actually, it's not even a question. Heather Taylor asks, why does your butt stink? Um, Because I am human and I poop out of it. And it's just going to stink. It's where poop comes from. That's my answer. And moving on. <laughs> uh, you got to eat this. As I mentioned before, this weekend was the Millville Music Festival, and I had made a post about this on Instagram. Maybe some of you caught it, but if you didn't, I was telling everybody that my number one food truck recommendation for the Millville Music Fest was the Blue Sparrow Food Truck. And uh, if you are not somebody who has had Blue Sparrow, I definitely suggest you making time, going out of your way, look up their schedule, find out where they're at, and go have dinner there one night. Uh, they do really, really awesome stuff. I think it's probably the best food truck on the planet. I haven't had every food truck on the planet, but I've had a lot of food trucks, and it's the best one I've ever had. So as far as I'm concerned, it is the best food truck on the planet, and you can find it in the Pittsburgh area, typically at a brewery. I know they're down at Dancing Gnome a lot. I know they're at Grist House, 11th Hour. Uh, yeah, look them up. Go try it. You will not be disappointed. I promise you their food is fucking legit. And uh, yeah, you got to eat it. You got to see this. Back to talking about movies and TV. So I, after years and years and years of saying, you know, I've never watched an episode of Game of Thrones. I'm too busy. Blah, 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 blah. I have finally made time or I should say Stacy has 
you know, convinced me to make time to start watching Game of Thrones. In the past couple weeks, I have watched the first five seasons, and I am four episodes into season six. I'm really trying to catch up, and uh, if it is not obvious in the fact that I've plowed through five seasons in, you know, 14 days, the fact that I enjoy it, I will state for the record, I enjoy it. I totally get it. I understand why people have been obsessed with this show for years. And uh, yeah, I'm happy to be catching up. I think it's really good. I have some qualms with it, but I mean, that's anything in life, right? You're not going to, nothing's perfect. And if you expect everything to be perfect and go your way, you're an idiot. Don't live like that. You know, learn to accept things that maybe you don't necessarily agree with or jive with because the world doesn't revolve around you. And yeah, if anything, Game of Thrones should teach you that because, you know, things don't really seem to be working out for anybody in that show as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> we'll see where it goes. Like I said, I'm only into season six. No fucking spoilers. All right. Get out of here with that. And uh, but yeah, if you've never seen Game of Thrones and you're on the fence, I suggest it. I enjoy it. But you know what I mean? I'm into mystical shit. I'm into dragons. I'm into demons. I'm into fucking zombie type things. I'm into swords. I'm into fire. Hey, maybe I'm into boobs a little bit too. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with a little boob and a little dude butt, right? It's the human body. It's cool. Anyways, this is getting weird. Game of Thrones, check it out. You gotta see it if you haven't. And last but not least, you gotta hear this. So... 2019 and me music has been a little bit slow i just haven't really taken a whole lot of time to listen to a not uh, a whole lot of music that has come out this year but uh there's been some stuff that's crossed my path that i've been really into and in the past few weeks there's a indie rock band called the silver sun pickups maybe some of you are familiar with them they've been around for a bit they've released a couple new songs for an album they're getting ready to put out next month and I really like both of these tracks a whole hell of a lot. They've always been really interesting in terms of their song structures and the way that just the way that they put pieces of music together for being like a very, you know, just radio friendly indie rock band, like nothing really too abrasive or outside of the box. They still managed to put together this, these songs that are just, they're really unique and there's nobody else that really sounds like them. And I think that's why I've always kind of had my attention on silver sun pickups and these, this new material that they're putting out is like definitely the most interesting stuff I've ever heard them do. And I'm really excited to hear the full album. So yeah, if you have, you know, Spotify or YouTube access or whatever, um, definitely check out those two tracks they put out. And if you've never given them a shot, I would definitely, check them out. If you're an indie rock fan, I think they're a really cool band and, uh, I don't hear enough people talking about them. So yeah, silver, some pickups, you got to hear it, check it out. And, uh, that's all. That's it for the intro. It's been a while since I've done one of these big, long intros, but I know there's going to be a lot of people here today for today's guests. So, uh, hopefully some of you new newbies, uh, got something out of that. I don't fucking know, but if you've skipped ahead of all of this, just to get into this conversation, you're here. We did it. So this week on the show, I have my friends in Chip and the Charge Ups on the show. They are a they're a rock band, rock and roll, power pop, 
whatever you want to call it. Just good, fun, clean rock. And uh, they're here today to talk about the band and talk about the scene, their experience playing in the band from two totally different generations. Uh, as I have, you know, I have Chip and Molina on. They are father-daughter combo. They both play in this band together. And uh, yeah, it's a lot of cool conversation just talking about, you know, the dynamics of being in a band in 2019 from the perspective of, you know, an adult and basically a teenager, which is a cool and unique perspective. Am I rambling? I might be rambling. How about let's just uh, let's get into the conversation. I think we should probably just do that. Let's do that. What do you say? You want to hear it? You want to hear it? Make some noise. You ever? I don't know if making some noise is a typical call to action for a podcast, but I'm not your typical podcast, I guess. I don't know. Man, I am rambling. I need like a somebody to just start throwing things at me when I ramble. Throw something at your phone if I'm rambling. Am I rambling? Throw something at you. Don't throw your phone. Just throw some, Okay. I'm done. I'm just kidding. All right. Let's do it. Let's get into my conversation this week with my friends chipping the charge ups sit back relax and let's start the motherfucking beat audio's going and we are going here we are happy sunday how's everybody doing good how are you good solid (laughs) two-fourths of chip and the charge ups in the building Introduce yourselves hey. to the world. Hey, I'm Chip from Chip and the Charge Ups. I'm Melina from Chip and the Charge Ups. Cool. Really happy to have you both here. For those of the people, those of the people, those of the people in the <laughs> world that don't know who you are, you are, as I mentioned, a four piece rock band, power pop, a la, like, I don't know, uh, Ramones, Weezer, uh, what's some other good examples there? Uh, Green Day, The Interrupters. Cheap Trick. There you go. Sure. All <laughs> that kind of stuff. It's really cool. A lot of fun. Very positive, you know, fun rock. Like you have your outfits and all of that stuff. Like <laughs> it's like a, it's a thing. And that's something that I really like about what your band is doing. It's more than just like some people on a stage playing some songs. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, it's a fucking show. Sorry, can I swear? <laughs> I'm sorry. You can. <laughs> <laughs> you have the permission. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I apologize because I, I, I know that uh, the, the, the two of you are related. Correct. Yes. <laughs> so I don't want to be, I have kind of a potty mouth. I'll try to keep it in check. Uh, it's all good, man. Okay, cool. Fuck it. <laughs> so uh, Chip in the Charge Up started in 2018, if yep. I'm correct, mm-hmm. right? So let's talk about the origins of the band and how uh, that all got started and why you wanted to do this, you know, like fun, like larger than life sort of rock and roll band. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Chip in the Charge Up's kind of... Um, originated over a two-year period when I was kind of just, uh, my musical involvement was just kind of writing at home and then recording. So before I knew it, I had um, a bunch of songs written, a bunch of songs recorded, and the time was right to put together um, a a lineup to go perform those songs live. So when you're talking about writing these songs, is that like you kind of putting together all the instrumentation or just kind of like the melodies and the lyrics? Uh, No, pretty much all the the instrumentation. I did have um, players play um, 
drums on some songs based on studio songs. people. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, I did some drum programming my, myself as well. Yeah. So living in the future, right? <laughs> cool. So you had this group of songs, and then you're mm-hmm. like, "Well, let's get a band together." Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's you know that's kind of how it started, and then um, you know just put. Uh, a couple of the pieces of the puzzle together and actually you know you mentioned we're related but uh, yet Melina was the last one to join the band okay. um because we didn't set out to be you know this father daughter daughter <laughs> duo uh-huh. um you know, but uh, it, you know, would like interview uh, and audition bass players. And, you know, usually they would flake out and that would come in two, two ways. One is that either show up for an audition unprepared and it would be a very short audition or they just wouldn't show up at all. And they're like, it's, you know, I remember one dude being like, oh, it's Tuesday already. It's like, yeah, <laughs> that's not a good it's sign. Tuesday already. And we are not rescheduling. <laughs> like, you know, if you can't, Keep your days of the week. So every time we had one of those instances occurred, Melina's been playing bass for a few years, and it was just like, "Hey, Melina, you want to come down and and sit in with us?" And then she'd come up, come down, and you know, the first, you know, time she'd know two songs, and then you know, would have a recurring event, and then the next time it'd be four songs, and then six songs, and then before you know it, she had an entire set that she nailed, not of only bass playing, but singing harmony vocals on. And by the time we got to our first gig, we realized, well, this is like perfect. <laughs> like, what what were we thinking? Not not you know setting out to do this. Yeah, and it just kind of worked out that way. Yeah, sometimes like what you're looking for is like you know right there under your nose. You don't even realize it. That is a perfect way to describe it because that was literally how it was. I mean, yeah, it could be like really a nightmare dealing with people. And, and I know that like you've been playing in bands for long enough to know completely mm-hmm. what I'm talking yeah. about. Yep. So it really stinks. But that's the other thing that's like the problem with as like you know you get a little bit older and people are either like in bands solid. And those people that aren't in bands are just like the people that nobody wants to be in a band with. (laughs) So you kind of have to like, it's, it it can be really, really hard to find people um, as you like in like an older thing that have their stuff together that can also play. Mm -hmm. But the cool thing about the lineup of the band now is that like you're making music that speaks to, I think, multi-generations of people and you have multi-generations of people in the band as Mm -hmm. well. So it's a really cool way to put all of that together Mm -hmm. like you know what we are is what we're doing is something for everybody Mm -hmm. you know yeah that's that's been kind of the surprise you know it's just like we see people from seven to seventies at our shows and they're all enjoying it you know it's like you know the kids are like like super excited and think we're rock stars and then you know the people who are 70 are like man you guys are so good and it's just like wow how how does that happen you know you you, you think of especially in music today when everything is subgenre you know you can't just have metal you got to have grindcore and metalcore and deathcore and and the sub there's probably a hundred genres of that like yeah. melodic deathcore and oh sure i mean you you have, you know you have like uh got uh punk and pop punk and i mean then like even like power pop to some degree is kind of like a it's like a weird fusion of those two it's like yeah. we don't want to be punk but we don't want to be rock mm-hmm. so it's like okay we're just making <laughs> up stuff nowadays yeah. exactly so that i think that's been kind of cool and you know, you know when when we talked about um bands that were kind of in the wheelhouse of we covered a lot of generations you know talking from the ramones to green day to interrupters just those three bands you know they span what 
40 years or so. Uh-huh. So, um, you know, I think the people will find people when they listen to us will find something they're already familiar with and and go with it. Yeah. And I think the other thing that's really cool, too, is, you know, having all of the the people that you have in the band, I'm sure there's a lot of cool influence that, you know, Molina is able to bring in that you might be completely over your radar <laughs> as like, you know, like, I don't even know who this is. You know what I mean? Does that happen? Well, I, I think it, it kind of happens both ways, surprisingly, because like, for example, a couple bands that we're both into, um, we introduced each other to. So like, she's like, oh, there's this new, you know, new artist, Youngblood, saw him at Warped Tour, got to check him out. And I'm like, okay, checked him out, loved him. And then, you know, I came across Swimmers and I'm like, oh, we got to, you know, I'm buying tickets to the, the Swimmers concert. I love them and you, you're coming with me. And she's like, oh, okay. And then now she loves him. So <laughs> yeah. it's just, so we we kind of do, uh, you know, we, we, we kind of do introduce each other to new artists all the time. So yeah, that's super crucial. And I think it's really cool that the two of you have that relationship and Mm -hmm. then you're able to like you know share these mutual interests in like a wide variety of like healthy and fun productive creative ways Mm -hmm. yeah you know i I, you always think um you know father and kid or you know parent and kid it's like uh you kids today you don't know anything (laughs) about good music you know you you should listen to the beatles and the Rolling Stones and stuff that I grew up on. All this stuff is noise today. So I try not to be like that. Um, <laughs> interesting note on that. Beatles are one of her favorite yes, bands. that's true. <laughs> and I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that that's, it's interesting. I've like come into appreciating the Beatles as I've gotten a little bit older, just in mm-hmm. terms of like what they were able to do in the time that they did it, mm-hmm. you know? And also I remember it worked my boss was like we had a um the beatles discography like original vinyl box set thing that we got in and we were trying to clean it up to sell it Mm -hmm. so we had to play all of the records and make sure that they were all good Mm -hmm. so there was like a good two days where i listened to every single (laughs) beatles song and i never really realized how many beatles songs i knew Mm -hmm. until you listen to them all like that like oh yeah that's oh yeah oh yeah like how many songs did they like you know how many popular songs did they write like oh yeah almost all of them every single one of them is pretty much like there's not many beatles songs that i've never heard Mm -hmm. at one point in time in my life yeah through just like movies and the radio and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Yeah, it's like your brain's like this file cabinet. And every time you hear a song, that song gets filed away. And then you may not hear that song again. And then, you you know, but something will bring it up in your life again. And you'll be like, yeah, that's in my file cabinet. Yeah, so. it's nuts. Like like a like Lisa Loeb song will be on the radio. And I still remember all the words to it from when I was a kid. It's like, how do I like, why? Am, I'm like tapping my finger you know it's like i haven't thought about this at all meanwhile i can't remember half of the things that i learned in high school about like you know i think that's why i think they should teach everything in song yeah that that would be a good idea (laughs) revolutionary uh moment in education right Uh there i mean yeah yeah so with you know chipping the charge-ups and uh being a band in 2019 marketing it's a lot different than 2009 mm-hmm. or 1999 or you know even 1989 you know mm-hmm. all this stuff that you know we grew up listening to music and seeing the way bands interacted with the public mm-hmm. nowadays it's a lot different in the way mm-hmm. bands interact with the public and i know one thing that i saw that you guys are doing is uh you're utilizing patreon mm-hmm. with chip and the charge ups let's talk about that a little bit because out of all of the people i've had on the show 
not many of them seem to utilize that mm -hmm. service. So I'd mm -hmm. be really curious to see what that's been like for you. Sure. Um, you know, we utilize Patreon as a way for our super fans to get things that the general public can't get. You know, you mentioned like 2019. Anyone can go on YouTube or Spotify or Apple Music and listen to almost any song ever released. And it's just kind of like... There's nothing special about that anymore. You know, it's just like, you know, I'm looking at your your records over there. And at one time when those records came out, it was like you had something that not everyone had. And Oh yeah, yeah like you you'd like get your friends to all come over to listen to the <laughs> yeah. record, you know. You now it's just like sending people Spotify links yeah, that maybe yeah. they'll open. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it, so it's kind of like, you know, in when music was strictly for digital or um physical media, it's like you had something special, you had something exclusive and if you, you know, like I remember, you know, uh, a friend and, uh, and I on on the release day for an album we were both waiting for, and we raced over to the shelf, and there was one cassette oh, left I love on, it. The, on the shelf of that new release. And whoever got there first was going to get it, and whoever did not get there was going to be out of luck. They were going to, you know, I mean, th that was almost a friendship ending moment. For <laughs> uh -huh. us. But now it's like there's there's no race to the shelf it's just like oh you got it on release day everyone got it on release day you know it's like nothing nothing special so i think that you know patreon enables us to say yeah you know all of our regular releases you know anyone in the public can get it any song at any time that it's available with patreon it's like okay we're gonna release these songs to you guys first and actually we're we're gonna start working on now um, a Patreon exclusive acoustic album where it's like, you know what? We're not even going to release this. This won't be on Spotify. This won't be on uh, Apple music. It won't be anywhere except to our Patreon backers. And you know, what's what, so what we try to do is make it like special for them. It's like, you guys support us. We want to give you something that the rest of the world isn't going to get. We want you to be in like this inner circle. You know, of course we want, we want as many fans as possible, but you know, the the people who are really passionate about us, we appreciate them, and we just want them to have something that they can say, you know, this is this is our like thing that we can kind of nurture and protect and not have to share with the world. Yeah. So, and the other thing that's cool about it too is in 2019, being a band or a brand, you mm -hmm. know, you have a lot of things to mm -hmm. keep up with. With you know multiple social media accounts mm -hmm. and running a website and all of these mm -hmm. things. I think the thing that's really cool about Patreon is it gives you an uh, easy place to focus without all of the outside noise from mm -hmm. everything else on like focus on who's actually listening to your stuff, the mm -hmm. type of people, where they are, who they mm -hmm. are. You get to connect with them without, you know, the outsides distractions of like Facebook and Instagram. Where mm -hmm. like there's a lot of counterproductive things when you're trying to mm -hmm. utilize those services to promote yourself right right but still you still have to use facebook and instagram and all that so how has that transition been for you know you getting into social we didn't mm -hmm. grow up around social mm -hmm. media you know the two mm -hmm. of us so, whereas melina you are coming up in this <laughs> yeah. era you know so it's like very normal for you and for <laughs> me and chip it's like this is it's still weird for me it's always going to be weird because you know like i didn't you know like 
when I graduated high school, MySpace was just becoming a thing. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't grow up around this. So being in a band and that was never part of it mm-hmm. for me. And like I'm still trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. How has it been for you? Um, I think it's been mostly pretty natural. I mean, things are are changing all the time. And, you know, for example, like now Facebook and Instagram stories, you know, that's like a new thing. It's like, how can we master that? Because now instead of scrolling, people are just kind of watching stories go by. So, you know, there it's like something that, you know, you can never really say, oh, I'm, you know, I'm good with social media and I'm covered for the next 20 years. As soon as it's you like figure you always, you as, always got to learn more. As soon as you figure it out, it's like the next thing. Yep. Yeah. It's, <sighs> but it's fun though. It's really cool being able to connect with people in that way. I mean, it's, there's the, the negative parts of it that we talked about where mm-hmm. like the value of the music itself is kind of devalued mm-hmm. in a sense, but also being able to like, with one click of a button, have your album be available to literally anybody in the world Yes, is awesome. Mm-hmm. But the trick is getting them to know about it. Like, mm-hmm. how do you <laughs> click with those, those people? You yeah. Know? So the cool thing about Chip and the Charge Ups, again, we mentioned about how this is like music for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, you have a very accessible product. And I hate calling it a product, <laughs> but you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, so... I imagine it's probably a lot easier for you to take advantage of marketing with having such a like universal image versus mm-hmm. like being like this heavy metal band that's mm-hmm. all like where you <laughs> might like frighten people, you know? Is mm-hmm. do you come across any like pushback with what you're doing? Like any um, any like things that like you've struggled with in terms of like getting the band name out there and uh getting people like on board with what you're doing? Um, I, I don't know. Cause usually, you know, uh, well, I shouldn't say usually because social media can be a, you know, a cesspool of, of negative people. But, you know, usually if people have something unkind to say, they're, you know, they'll say nice things to your face and say the bad things behind your back. Oh, so, yeah. um, so, you know, the reaction has been, very positive, but I think that in terms of, you know, seeing us as product and, you know, social media and things like that, um, you know, we're not on stage today yet. We're wearing our, our gold ties yeah, and, no. and our black shirts. And that's, you know, we want to, you know, if someone is just scrolling through and they see start the beat beat with Sykes and they see that thumbnail, that YouTube thumbnail of two people, you know, with pink, pinkish hair and, and, uh, <laughs> And the uh, and the ties are gonna be like oh there's chipping the charge ups and maybe you know they they keep scrolling and then there's something of ours and they see the gold ties and then they see you know yeah, this keep scrolling oh the gold ties again so it's it is a way to kind of stand out and kind of um, try to work with that immensely short attention span that people have absolutely you know it's just kind of like you know with if if you're just gonna be um, you know, like for example, the the last band I was in kind of you know looked typical. You know, long hair, black shirts. You know, uh, snarls on their faces. Okay, you know that that's not going to stand out as you're scrolling through. But you know, thinking about the attention span that people have on social media, and you know, you have a nanosecond to kind of implant your your brand or your image in their brain. I mean, I think what we try to do is take advantage of that nanosecond. Yeah. Then that's really forward thinking in our current <laughs> attention span climate. It, I mean, how, how much shorter can our attention spans get than yeah, this? It's 
<laughs> that's the thing that's like, you know, I've had this thought a lot about being a a musician in this attention span climate and how complicated it is, you know, because to like writing songs with the sense of like you need to get people's attention in that like five to ten seconds. Like how do you fully mm-hmm. get your point across? In five to ten seconds, so people will listen to the other two minutes of the song. Mm-hmm. You know, that's really yeah. tough. It is. It is. You know, I mean, so many you know uh, older songwriting books talk about um, you know getting your hook in in the first one minute. But geez, do we even have a minute nowadays? You know, it's just like uh, to be a music fan and you follow multiple bands. You know, just your feed in a day can be more music than you'd, you'd have a. a a chance to listen to in a week or a month. Uh-huh. So it is, it is, it is kind of difficult. And, um, you know, I think in terms of social media, that's where sharing comes into play where your fans, I think play a big role. And, you know, we always tremendously appreciate any shares that we get of our music because, you know, you see it once you're like, I'll check it out later, see it twice, check it out later. Uh, but if, you know, this person shared it and this person shared it and this person shared it, you know, people start thinking maybe I ought to check this out now. So I don't think (laughs) a lot of people that aren't artists or musicians in some aspect, they don't understand how beneficial something as simple as them, like, liking it and commenting mm-hmm. on it is even if it's yes. just like a little thumbs up because yep. it's like it may seem like that's like kind of like a, a very worthless thing for them like you mm-hmm. know they're not contributing a lot but they don't understand that once they interact with it that mm-hmm. automatically pings to everybody they're friends with like oh your friend interacted with this mm-hmm. thing and you're you have x number of mutual acquaintances mm-hmm. and then that gets pinged out to them and it really <laughs> like yeah yeah, because I mean, it's like you see po- posts and and things like that. They're either going to have like one to three likes or like thirty and up. Because it's like if it gets if it starts getting five likes, it's going to get a bunch more because the so- social media sites will think, oh, well, this is relevant, good stuff. So we're going to show it to more people because they want people on their sites, on their apps for as long as possible. So they, they rely on that user input to deci- decide what to show everyone. Yeah. It's fun, <laughs> right? It's, it's these a challenge, do- but I mean, I, I, I love challenges. So uh-huh. I find challenge challenge is fun. How much time do you find, um, in marketing versus songwriting? How do you balance that? Oh man, that that is a a struggle. I mean, that is a definitely definitely a struggle. I you know I I, I treat uh, chipping the charge ups as my full time job. I spend you know fifty hours a week doing stuff, and we just uh, released our new album. And leading up to that, you know, doing the PR for that, you know, I find myself at the end of the week, and I'm like did I even strum a guitar or sing a note this week or did I just send emails? You know? uh-huh. So yeah, it it is a struggle. Um, one thing though about how I've kind of um, changed as a songwriter though, is that I find myself binge songwriting where it's just like, you know, I'll get inspired and I'll go a week, a two, uh, a two week period, a three week period, and then crank out a bunch of songs. And then I'm like, <sighs> Okay, yeah, got to send those emails now. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, I find myself being like a if I have a bunch of food on the plate, I <laughs> I always like finish one thing then move on to the next. Mm-hmm. I'm not like a nibble on this, nibble on that. Mm-hmm. Or if I have like a task in the house, I got to finish that task and that's very much how mm-hmm. I am with songwriting and marketing mm-hmm. and stuff like that. If I'm working on an album, I'm like I'm not doing anything else. I just want to <laughs> do this. Yes. But I can yeah. never just like write a song and then take a step away and do something else and then put yeah. like I don't understand there's like a lot of artists that release just singles and that's all they do and that mm-hmm. blows my mind cuz I, I don't know if it come it's me coming from that era of the album and I still very much live in that like I want to put mm-hmm. out a a release that's like a full album like I don't want to mm-hmm. just release singles mm-hmm. but again that attention span thing you could probably get a lot more eyeballs on you if the same amount of attention that the single gets is what the full album's going to get. Mm-hmm. Like people might only listen to one or two songs from a full release. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you might, why not just split that up into 10 <laughs> releases or however many songs mm-hmm. it is. Uh, I saw that, you know, on your EPK, you have, um, there's like two EPs, the uh, flow of the current mm-hmm. part one and two. Correct. Yes. Now, is that the, the new release that you just put out? Yep, part two. We just uh, two came just out with out. that cool. April fifth. Yep, cool. Congratulations! Thank so you. you had a uh, a release show. That was is that the Moose at the Smiling Moose. Yep. Cool. How'd that go? Went really well. That was a blast. Yeah. So how's everything been? You know, post release. Um. Well, it's we're we're still I, kind of within still, that still fresh, that, right? That, yeah. In that period, it's been about so, a week, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but it's uh, yeah, it's been it's been good. The the feedback has been fantastic, and um, you know, now it's just kind of like. Uh, a shift for us, it's kind of like, uh, you know, so much getting to release day and now the attention is turning to, all right, now the next thing we, the next step in the process is to get on, you know, get on the road, play out of town, hit some other states and things like that. So yeah, it's, um, it's, you know, kind of like this, this push this boulder. Now go, now it's time yeah. to push this boulder and now it's time to push this it's, boulder. It's never like, oh we have the show and then, oh, we can finally relax. It's like, okay, we had this show and now we have to do something bigger and bigger and bigger. It's mm-hmm. just, we don't ever have any like downtime. True. Yeah. That I mean, that's kind of the way it goes. Like it's, you don't, you don't want the downtime. It's like as much as you do want it, as soon as you have it, you're like, why am I not playing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with um, Molina, with you now, Prior to Chips and Chip and the Charge Ups, had you played in any like bands? Um, I've had a couple like little bands with a couple friends, but not never anything like where we would play like big shows like a Smiling Moose. Cool. So you did you were did was, some do uh some solo acoustic I did, stuff though. Yeah, I did have some solo acoustic shows that I set up myself where I would play I brought in like three other solo acoustic acts. But I'm not ever in a like big rock band. <laughs> yeah. So now you so like you you play bass in Chip and the Charge Ups, but you mentioned like doing like solo acoustic guitar and stuff like that. Yes. So you play multiple instruments. Yes. Do you play anything else besides those two? I also play viola. Cool. That's exciting. You got to work some of that in. That'd be <laughs> yeah. sick. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I actually found a, a violin cheap at a yard sale once, and or it was no, it was a flea market. No. A thrift store, <laughs> the, um, whatever. I was, like, I was like, "Cool, man! I'll learn it. We can, you know, we can shock people. I'll play violin. You play viola. Holy crap, that's hard to play." Yeah, and the, you know, she, she's trying to teach me how to hold a bow, and I'm like, "I can't even hold the bow right." Like a guitar pick, so much easier. 
So, but uh, yeah, I'd love for her. She's a really, really super talented uh, violist, and I'd love to work that in the show. I think it'd be pretty impressive. Yeah, the, I think it would work <laughs> out really well, especially with you know the whole like larger than life thing. <laughs> now, um, kind of moving into that part of the conversation, live performances mm-hmm. and um, production. I find that um, you know with my project that I do Sykes and a new violence, mm-hmm. it's production's a huge thing. You know, I have like, a, I saw like video screens, yeah, video and... screens, uh, outfit changes during nice. the set, uh, mm-hmm. you know, gimmicks in between songs. It's almost kind of like a, a stage play of sorts. Mm-hmm. And I love stage production, mm-hmm. but the problem that I find is that it can be really limiting because we're still operating on a very like do it yourself thing. Mm-hmm. And there's only so many venues that can accommodate what we want to do to really get the point across. Have mm-hmm. you ever come across that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, for example, like, uh, at our release show, um, and we had, we had some ideas that just needed to be adapted a little bit. Like, um, our drummer had these um, like candle looking candlestick looking light things made that we had these flame simulated light bulbs on. And we're like, you know, our plan was to like hide them, you know, uh, in the dark parts of the stage and have our stage hand bring them out for our, our acoustic subset. And then we got them there and we're like, yeah, these are fit them yeah, anywhere. They, <laughs> if they're on the stage, they are on the stage. Uh-huh. You know, it's like there's nowhere to move them. So that was one thing. You know, we we had an idea of um, us coming out from behind a curtain on the one side of the uh, the Smiling Moose stage, and we couldn't kind of get that to fit. And um, so yeah, it's 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 tough when you when your ideas are bigger than the infrastructure to support them but uh you know that's something to aspire to yeah i mean compromise is a big part of life in (laughs) general and definitely being in a band you got to be able to work around it Mm -hmm. you know i I always say that what defines your character is like uh how you handle situations when things don't go your way Mm -hmm. like do you like persevere and find a way to still make it work or Mm -hmm. do you just like freak out (laughs) right now with um I've I really have this interesting conversation. I've had it with people before about like, you know, what bands like Chip and the Charge Ups or Sykes and the New Violence do, you know, like how do we start out, you know, when we have this larger than life sort of thing, mm-hmm. but we only have like those limited resources mm-hmm. and just uh I don't know, finding ways to just make it work. It's mm-hmm. always interesting. Yeah. It's it's kinda like one of those things where, you know, you can't you you can't let it bring you down and think, oh, we can't do anything. You know, you just kind of got to learn um, what things, you know, what boundaries you have to work around and, you know, how, how close you can get to those boundaries and still do what you want to do. Yeah. <laughs> so now, like, you know, moving forward, um, I know that you have a – your next show is what, May 26th? 22nd. May 22nd. 22nd. Yep. Okay, cool. Plug it. That uh, we are going to be opening for Nita Strauss. Nita Strauss, for those who don't know, is Alice Cooper's uh, female virtuoso guitar player and also a descendant of Johann Strauss, the classical composer. So, yeah, that should be a, a great show. Should be packed based on our ticket sales. You know, we're usually um, we're well ahead of where we usually are this mm-hmm. far in advance. So I'm expecting a sellout crowd at Hard Rock Cafe. Cool. 
Now, is there any other stuff, uh, any other gigs lined up for you guys? Yeah, we'll um, be uh, doing uh, Rock for Life uh, concert series, uh, their Gigaroo uh, show. That's in July. We're doing uh, the Suicide Rebellion benefit July 19th. Um, we're doing an acoustic show at a, a relatively new venue that's um, experimenting with uh, with live um music called uh that's called the landing i think that's july 16th i think it might be yeah i think it's it's a tuesday um we're playing with the borstal boys out uh for a big day-long thing they're doing at um uh peter b's and sarver so yeah july is gonna really start uh getting busy for us and again hoping to get some out-of-state dates as well yeah now with Connecting with bands out of state, what is your typical tactic? Are you somebody that you try to um, reach out to bands? Do you prefer reaching out to venues and trying to like you know set up your own show? What is your plan of attack? Um, usually, knowing somebody that knows somebody, um, <laughs> you know, because there there are uh, you know what we've encountered is that there's a lot of challenges with introducing yourself to a new person and saying, Hey, we're looking to come to your state and play. And, you know, um, you know, venues are like, yeah, you know, why would I do that when I could get a band that could bring, bring in more people or a band saying, well, we could get another local to open up for us and they could bring their aunts and uncles and, uh -huh. and parents and things like that. So, um, you know, it, and even on the professional end, um, in terms of promoters and so forth, um, there, there have been people on the professional end that have said, hey, when you're ready to tour, get in contact with me. I can help you out. And then it's like, hey, we're ready uh, to tour. Remember you said you can help me out? And they're like, well, I don't know how to get my head wrapped around what you want to do. And it's like, well, you said you could help out. So, you know, where we seem to be making progress is, you know, finding friends that have friends that, you know, can – you have like that, that intermediary that can speak to both parties, whether it be uh, to another band, to a venue, or or, uh, or or a promoter, or someone like that that can kind of make that connection. Yeah, I think the the best thing to do if you are a musician and you're playing a show, talk to the other bands that are playing. <laughs> be a friend to people yes. and network. It blows my mind how many times I play shows with bands that just stay in the corner mm -hmm. they don't hang out with anybody they come late they leave or yeah they come late they leave early yeah it's like why <laughs> why are you even here mm -hmm. i don't get it <laughs> if you don't want to like be a part of the the scene mm -hmm. and be friendly with people exactly i think i think that's like a big thing is just like interacting with people because i was i was in florida and we were just walking around and there was a, a guy playing acoustic guitar. So I stopped and I listened to him and I started talking to him afterwards and like, we're like, yeah, if you know, if you ever want to trade gigs or anything. And he said that he would be interested. So it's just that easy as just like talking to someone. And, and it turned out like he had what, like 34,000 followers yeah, on, yeah. on Facebook or <laughs> yeah, whatever. And uh -huh. You didn't know that. When yeah. They're talking. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, like you just really just kind of have to talk to people and face talking to them face to face makes it like so much more personal. I think that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, I mean, it's like most of us all want the same thing, 
and their strength in numbers. Mm -hmm. So if you're able to connect with each other, you can make something really great happen. Mm -hmm. It just blows my mind that people don't utilize that Mm -hmm. more. Yeah. I don't know. I think people are starting to, though. (laughs) Um, You might be able to speak on this since you've been playing in bands for a while. Does it feel like we're like it like one of like the most positive times, at least in Pittsburgh, oh, in terms of music right now. Absolutely. It's insane. It it really is. I mean, you know, seeing where we were just, I don't know, 2013. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I, I started, I, I've kind of been playing regularly since 05 in the Pittsburgh scene. And, you know, oh, oh, 06, oh, 07, they were, oh, 08, oh, 09, just such dark times. You know, it's just like, you know, I know there's some venues that people miss, but thinking about being in those venues, either as a fan or as a performer in those days, it was just like, you know, there's like eight people here, man. This is a stacked lineup of bands and there's eight people here. And then now, you know, with with the festivals, um, you know, I, I, I it kind of started with with Rant and then the Strip District Music Festival, which I think we played back to back with Greywalker yeah. um, in 15 or 16. Um, you know, that's when things started really like taking off like, whoa, we can like take the music scene to the mainstream and the mainstream will actually show up. And then, you know, that's kind of just snowballed where it's just like, you know, there's so much excitement about the music scene, um, not just from the musicians, but from the fans, uh, from people like yourself that do, you know, podcasts, internet radio shows, um, webzines, things like that. Um, you know, the radio stations, um, it's like, it's like, you know, you just feel like, you know, could I wake up? And suddenly this disappear and then we're back in 2006 again, you know, (laughs) I mean, it really honestly concerns me. Like this is so good compared to how it used to be. Could this all like crumble down overnight and then be left with nothing because this was not always like this. Yeah. I mean, I mean, obviously sure it could, but I don't think it will. Mm -hmm. I think that something that, you know, what with bands like such as yourselves are doing is, I think enter like people that are in the entertainment business mm-hmm. are starting to realize that they need to put together events for the people that come out to them. Mm-hmm. And I think in those dark times, a lot of bands were just doing shows for themselves. Yeah. And that's why nobody was coming out mm-hmm. because it, there was no reason for them to be there. Mm-hmm. But now there's so many events that really cater to the public and we're giving people a reason to come out. And mm-hmm. that's why you're seeing so many more people out at events. Yeah. And it's really cool. Yeah. And people draw people, you know, it's, it's kind of like you can have the same bands play the same bill, but it's almost like kind of like the same thing I was talking about with, you know, one to three comments or 30 plus it's like people like to go where people are because it's kind of like that gives it validity that, you know, that creates a vibe like, Hey, this can be exciting thing to be at. And that's what we're seeing. The numbers are showing up at venues and it's just, you know, just been a positive thing that's building on itself. And I'm also seeing a lot more bands playing with bands that don't like mixed variety shows. And I think that that's helping a lot too, Mm -hmm. where it's not like, Oh, this is a lineup of all (laughs) punk rock bands or this is a lineup of all 
you know, hip hop people. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, those shows still happen, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of really cool mixed bills and it just brings all of these people together. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of what, what we like to do as well. You know, for our shows, we like to bring, uh, we like to have it start with an acoustic act and, you know, we like to curate our shows. So the intensity builds, you know, it's just, it isn't just a random smattering of bands on a bill. It's like, let's, let's structure it so that the, you know, it, the energy builds just the way a movie builds from like you know starting very softly to you know a a climactic ending so we like to bring on uh singer songwriters to start our shows and then a a more rocking band and then you know we we end the night so yeah yeah, and and pittsburgh has such a great singer songwriter community too so if we can kind of cross pollinate with them you know we, we we think that's a great opportunity yeah i think that it's really awesome that you have that foresight whenever you're putting together events and you're taking the time to think about what's going to make this event better for everybody there and entertaining Mm -hmm. and just make it flow well Mm -hmm. instead of just like, well, we're just going to play a show. (laughs) Yeah. For no reason. Like we're just doing it. (laughs) Exactly. And, and, you know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, even the most um, avid rock fans, you know, you put four or five bands on a bill that are loud and punishing you know, their ears are going to get desensitized. You know, it's going to, it's going to kind of like dilute the effect over time. So, you know, we like to kind of mix it up. Mm -hmm. With the, the band and back to promotion and all that stuff, uh, music videos and things like that. How's Mm -hmm. that stuff been? You doing anything? Yeah, we, we, we love our music videos. So um, (laughs) we have a, a green day poison mashup that we, um, just kind of put everything into that we released uh, last summer. And basically we not only mashed up the songs, but we thought, what if we could mash up the videos as well, recreate the videos, mash them up, but have them tell a storyline between the two songs that the that that wasn't told in the original two songs. So we had a blast during doing that. And that, you know, that's, that's like one of, I think our artistic crown jewels to say that we did this. I mean, we're just so proud of that. And Melina killed it as the lead actress. Um, so that, that was a fun one we did. And, uh, we have a regular music video for, um, I hope I never say that out loud. And then another thing we've, we've done a little bit more of actually is lyric videos. And, um, you know, we, we think lyrics are, are important. So we try to, we try to be creative, poetic with our lyrics. Um, we've been releasing uh, lyric videos and we have another one coming out uh, very soon for our, we just released one for sunshine. Take me away. We have another one that's called by the tracks that we're very excited about too. Cause it's not only um, a lyric video, but there's a lot of imagery that kind of tells, tells the story. And what, one thing I like to do with songwriting is take the four minutes of a song and tell a story of years in that sure. and not, not lose anything in, in that, in that condensation. And I think, uh, you know, I think we did that with the song, but now we also are really happy with how the lyric video turned out and we're excited to see how people react to that. That's super cool. Where can people watch the music videos? Uh, our YouTube channel, um, which if they just search Chip and the Charge Ups on YouTube, they can find. Or um, I always like to direct people to our website, thechargeups.com. And from there, they can link to our YouTube channel, our Facebook, uh, our Instagram, Snapchat, Patreon. 
the social <laughs> the, media of their choice. The whole the whole works. <laughs> yeah, whatever exactly. whatever you like. <laughs> it's like uh man, it's so hard. I mean, it's not hard navigating all of that stuff. It's just I wish that we could just have a website. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, it is a decision. It's like where do, you know, where do you spend your time? And you know, so far the answer is you spend it everywhere. You know, <laughs> you just, there are Instagram people, there are Facebook people, there are Snapchat people, there are some that do all three, some that do just one or two. So, yeah, I mean, it's so far the answer seems to be just put it everywhere, get yourself everywhere. Is uh, you know, what do you prefer? What's what's what are your two personal favorites? <laughs> um, I well, aside from Patreon, which you know we, we kind of already talked about the benefits, and um, that's you know kind of for for a small group. Um, and Melina, you can chime in on your favorite. I like Facebook because you know you can share full length videos. You it seems like you can have more extended conversations. I love the interaction. Um, you know, it's easier to share someone else. It's either easier for um. Uh, people to share your posts and things like like that. So I kind of tend to prefer the and you can put events there. So I kind of feel that Facebook is more you know multifunctional. But what, yeah. what's your thought? I prefer the structure of Facebook. Like you said, I like how you can like just have the link to a video and the video will post like on Facebook and you can share posts easier. But I prefer the demographic of Instagram because that's where like more people like in my generation are um so i don't have too many of my friends who are like on facebook but every single person that i know is on instagram <laughs> so that's where i also tend to like go towards instagram that makes sense with um instagram and the band um do you find like a uh, hashtags is that something that you pay attention to? Do you yeah, do that? Do you I, find that working out? I would like to take a class on, you know, how to, <laughs> how to leverage hash, hashtags. But yeah, I, you know, it's just like uh, definitely the, the more hashtags, the more relevant hashtags you use, um, the more interaction you seem to get, the more followers you seem to get. So um, I definitely think we should delve more into that. Yeah. And um, Melina, with kids in, you know, people in your generation how do they interact with um like the artists that they like like what do you notice the trends are do they just like wait for them to update stories do they you know, really try to like find music on instagram or is it more um, like just like like lifestyles yeah i don't i think it just kind of varies from person to person because like for me, I'm since I'm a musician, I know like the importance of music and I like seek out music, but for people who don't try to do that, it's different, I'm sure. Yeah, that's like the trick and I think that's something that all of us are trying to figure out, you know, to how to turn off the the musician brain and think about the way that people that aren't musicians how they interact with music and why they interact with music. Mm -hmm. You know, most of the time it seems like, oh, I just happened to hear a song on the radio or there was a song on a show I was watching or, you know, like mm -hmm. they, it just happens to come across them. Mm -hmm. So it's like, how do we accidentally get music in front of people? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it, that, I think it's going to be a everlasting and ongoing challenge, you know, um, it just seems like like you were saying before, it's so easy to distribute music, but that also makes it so much more competitive 
um, with everyone else who's distributing music at the same time. Well, sure. Well, I mean, what is Chip and the Charge Ups doing to maybe get their music into other avenues? You know, are you doing anything to maybe uh, like TV commercials, movies? Are you trying to do mm-hmm. any of that? Have you given that any thought? We have kind of dipped our toe in the water of that a bit. Um, you know, I, I did sign a uh, very small um, TV film uh, deal with a music library. Um, nothing major has come out of that yet. Um, we did get the Pittsburgh Penguins to license um, one of our songs uh, to use on their their post game show. Um, so yeah, that's it's, pretty cool. Yeah, it's 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 awesome. Um, it, it's just another another outlet out there. Um, and you know, one thing that I just like to do is things like that. This you know, PR. Uh, you know, it's just kind of like. Um, you know, you have your loyal followers, so, you know, I'm a follower of your show and if I can, um, utilize that to introduce myself to your other followers, then that, that can only help, you know, because there, I'm sure there's plenty of people out there that are like, (laughs) I never heard a chip in the charge ups, but I am hearing of it now because I'm a Sykes fan. So yeah, it's, it's wild. That's like, I mean, the main reason I even started doing this show was honestly just to connect with other people and just thinking about feeling so disconnected from the scene. I started doing this in 2014. So that was like right when at the tail end of like me just being fed up with how miserable everything kind of was in mm-hmm. the local music scene, you mm-hmm. know, but I knew all of these different people from doing Sykes and Grey Walker and other bands I'd been in, in like all these scattered areas of the local scene. I'm mm-hmm. like, I want these people to know about each other. Mm-hmm. How can I do this? Mm-hmm. I guess I'll start a podcast, <laughs> you know? So it's like my little contribution mm-hmm. to the world. Mm-hmm. Well, the cool thing is you have staying power. I mean, you've been doing this five years now. Um, you know, most people I think would try something and then, you know, see that it does take work to be able to do this week in and week out. Um, you know, it's not something, you know, passion gets you started, but work has to be involved for you to kind of keep things going. So kudos to you for that. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> that. So now let's get into the hard questions. Oh the boy. tough stuff. You didn't tell us there were going to be hard questions. <laughs> the tough stuff. <laughs> this is the stuff people want to know about. All right. So you just finished playing a show. You're all packed up. Post show eats. Where do you go? Eaton Park. Place for smiles. <laughs> that has been our go-to so far. Cool. <laughs> so what about Eaton Park over the other options? What what makes Eaton Park the place for you? We'll probably have two different answers, so you can go first. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's just the place we go. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, it's one of those, you know, uh, pick your appetizer things where you can get multiple appetizers. Uh-huh. It's kind of like you don't want a full meal, you know, you don't want to eat like a plate of spaghetti or something. You want something greasy you yeah. know, after a show. So what appetizers so, do you go for? So I like the fried ravioli, oh, um, yeah. the macaroni and cheese bites. Okay. And um, what what did I get last time? Pretzels. I got the, Oh yeah, the, the pretzels with the beer, with a beer batter dip or something like that. Sure. So yeah. <laughs> decadent man decadent <laughs> uh, what about you the appetizers that i usually get is the fried zucchini the mac and cheese bites and the mozzarella sticks heck yeah <laughs> i love the, the the bread and zucchini that's that's my jam yeah like that's, can you go wrong with that they know? give you so much too it's almost oh, too yeah. much 
Yeah. It's like intimidating. Yeah, and it, and it comes with those, um, like the kettle cooked chips too, oh, yeah. that you don't even have to pick those. Those are just given to you by default. So, yeah. <laughs> I like Eaton Park. I'll take Eaton Park over Denny's any day of the week. Yeah. I am not a fan of Denny's. <laughs> I don't know why, but recently I've really been like rallying against Denny's <laughs> on the podcast. And I don't, I know no, if you like Denny's, that's, I want everybody to like what they like, but I'm definitely a fan of Eaton Park. Oh, yeah. And I'll go. Permanis over that. Oh yeah, just because I mean I live so close to the strip district one, so and that <laughs> thing's open twenty four hours a day. Yeah, that's sweet. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, outside of playing music and going to Eaton Park, what else do you enjoy doing together? Any yeah. other hobbies? We have hobbies. What hobbies together? I mean, concerts. We're always going to yeah, that's concerts true. together. True. But he said outside of music. But is there outside that's, of music? That's what I – anytime that anybody asks me, oh, what are your hobbies? I say music. And they're like, no, I mean like outside of music. What do you do when you're not playing music? <laughs> I play music. Like when I'm not playing chip mode charge-ups, I'll be like writing my own songs, playing acoustic guitar. I sing in the choirs, two choirs at my school. I play in the orchestra. So like everything that I do just revolves around music. Yeah, it's relatable. I mean, it's like I have a lot of different interests. Um, you know, I play in a couple bands. I do uh, graphic design and video work and the podcast and all this stuff. But it's all it all relates to music. Mm -hmm. Like if I'm doing video stuff, it's probably for my band or uh -huh. somebody else's band. <laughs> or if I'm doing graphic design, it's probably mm -hmm. like a shirt for my band or somebody mm -hmm. else's band. Yeah. You know, like it, it all ties into music so i have the same exact problem <laughs> i don't think it's a problem i mean i think that um you know the the more integrated you have all of your life the more the better chance you'll be successful at it you know it's just like if you're spending two hours a week three hours a week on music are you really going to be able to compete with the the people who you know are like taking voice lessons or guitar lessons and, you know, working at it 40, 50, 60 hours a week. It's hard to, I mean, some people may be naturally talented and I'm really jealous of those people. Sure. <laughs> but, um, you know, with all there is to kind of get your, your name out there as a musician, it's kind of like the more you can integrate into a single vision, I think the better chance you'll have of breaking through. And I think too, another thing that a lot of people always are like, uh, like how do you, do it like how do you find time to do it mm -hmm. and it's just like i think you just again compromise and like sacrifice mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i mean the sacrifices i make are very minimal you know uh game of thrones is a it's that's a it's a hot thing you know it's a episode starting tonight the new the thing it's the last <laughs> season ever i don't i never watched an episode of game of thrones in my life <laughs> and uh, that's just one of the things where it's like you know i don't watch a lot of tv mm -hmm. or play video games at all mm -hmm. and things like that yep. and you know it's like you know, somebody like asking me how I do so much that spends 12 hours a week playing video games <laughs> is like all that time that you spend doing that, yeah. I'm doing uh -huh. this. Mm -hmm. So and there's nothing wrong with that. But it's just like I think a lot of people overlook how much time they do have and like yes. the ways that they can utilize it to like do productive things if that's what they want to mm -hmm. do. Right. And, and social media is uh, is one of those culprits of eating up. Can, can be one of those culprits oh, of beating yeah. up your time. You know, it's just like, I I, I just want to spend, when I go on social media, I want to do it for targeted purposes and not just to scroll through because time can disappear. And, you know, it may not seem 
like a bunch of time in that instance or in a day, but you know, if you start oh, it, doing the math, oh, it adds then, up. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> I mean, there's been countless times when I go onto Facebook just because I want to like post a link to a show, mm-hmm. and the thing right at the top of the feed has been like algorithmic, like algorithmically, strategically <laughs> placed to get my attention, <laughs> yeah. and I'm like. What mm-hmm. so and so said this, and then I get sucked into the comments, and then somebody mm-hmm. said something dumb, and I'm like, "Who is that person?" <laughs> so I click on their page, and I'm trying to figure out who they are, and then all of a sudden, it's been ten minutes, and yeah. I'm like, "Wait, what was I doing?" <laughs> oh yeah, I was supposed to post that show, and, and already you're ten minutes behind. You know, oh, that's yeah. like that notification thing. You can't just log into Facebook and just say, "Oh, I see that I have nine notifications." I came here to do this, post this link instead. I'm not going to look at those notifications because uh-huh. you're like, oh, what's going on? And it's – Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> the, 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 uh, the FOMO, the, the, the fear of missing out, yeah. as they say. <laughs> so if anybody out there in the internet has FOMO about chipping the charge-ups – one more time, where can people find all of the stuff? Uh, our website, thechargeups.com, is the place you can link to for all of our social media sites, including our YouTube videos, our Patreon, um, our web store, where they can buy our albums on CD, our merch, t shirts, uh, photos, stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, is there anything else you want to plug before we wrap this up or um, say? Yeah, I mean, it's, um, uh, again, you know, co- kind of a couple of things coming up. The Anita Strauss show we talked about uh, May 22nd, probably in May. We don't have a release date on it yet, even though it is complete. It is our lyric video for our song, By the Tracks, that's coming up. And um, I'm sure that there's a lot of people who have a little bit of Chip in the Charge Ups catch-up to do, um, which they can do by checking out. Um, Flow of the Current Part 1 or Part 2 our first two albums which uh, available any digital mu- music site of choice Amazon iTunes Apple Music Spotify etc so it, yeah it's there's a lot but they're <laughs> they are available and check them out I want to thank you both for coming over thanks so much really, for having us it was we awesome the, the chat and uh, yeah I don't know we got to figure out playing a show together and do something at some point in time yes yeah you know we'll make it happen yeah that'd be awesome you know it would be cool big big stage production over the top (laughs) fiesta yeah we gotta find a stage big enough for our big ideas and put them both together yeah oh no (laughs) (laughs) we'll make it happen so thank you both for coming over and uh that's it awesome we're done though And that is all, folks. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Once again, huge thanks to Chip and Melina for coming by today. Definitely be sure to check them out if you get a chance to see them live. They told you where you can find their music online. Give that a listen. And yeah, I'll be back again next week with another episode. Same time, same place, same channel. You know the drill. My name is Sykes. Start the beat. 2019. Woo! Woo! Thanks for listening.